0: Good morning, Em. Good morning, Chair.
1: <laughs> okay, I thought before we dove into the fragile and fearful China country uh-huh, that we are about to ascend upon, I wanted to ask you if you had any porcelain dolls growing up. Mm. There's a lot of parts to this question. Okay. How did you treat them? If you treated them differently or handled them? Like, what was your relationship to these very delicate dolls? And did you ever wonder why they were called China dolls?
0: So that's a three-parter. I love this question. (laughs) I wasn't expecting this. Okay. So growing up, I actually had a lot This chapter reminded me of this, like, fascination that I have with miniature, either glass or porcelain of some kind, small little figurines. They're always in, like, little knickknack stores or antique stores. They're locked away in a little chest with a glass, and you can't—it's like, don't open this. I was at a store yesterday just browsing— Briefly, and I was like, oh, I just want to, like, touch them all. (laughs) Um, They're so cute. So growing up, I actually had a little vanity chest where you could see through the glass windows. (gasps) And it was full of Oz stuff.
1: Oh, wow. We would have been best friends.
0: Um, That basically my grandma would give me things. My my great aunt owns, like, or has sold a lot of vintage and antique um, stuff of her own. And cultivating like her own little shop, so she would give me things. So I had a couple different things. I had a lot of um, little cat figurines that were miniature, little china <laughs>
1: porcelain. This is your future. This, I
0: know I, they're probably they're <laughs> all there packed away in boxes. Um, and then I also had I don't know if they were exactly I don't think they were exactly china, but those little have you seen the the. Uh, Precious dolls, precious moments, precious moments. I have that written down. Yes. I
1: had a ton of precious, precious moments. That
0: was my birthday gift. One of my birthday gifts from my grandma every year. I have the one where it's like your birthday when I was born. Oh wow! And they were all lined up. Um, they were like the stars of the Hallmark stores. They were. Yeah. yeah, that's what I
1: think of of, of Hallmark stores because they always. Sold mm-hmm. these kinds of delicate figurines, yeah, yes. precious moments. I had the yes. a train. It was like a circus <gasps> train that you kept adding on and hooking yes. on another animal to the train, and there was always precious that moments. So used to cute. make me sad because they always had those tear.
0: They did have face,
1: tears. The tears on their faces. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But
0: there
1: was always like a sadness, like a sad aura. <laughs> What's um, with that around oh, them? No. So
0: I didn't really love precious moments. Keep going. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah they you're right, now that I think of it, they have kind of these, like, big doe eyes that give them this kind of vulnerable look. One Um, single tear. One single dramatic (laughs) acting tear. So all of the figurines in my my little vanity, I would just look at them. I would rarely touch them and bring them out, I will Mm -hmm. say. If I did, it was to, like, just rub my finger on Mm -hmm. them because they're really smooth. But it was mostly just looking at them oh man you just made me think of the glass menagerie which <laughs> i think i, I, I
1: haven't i actually haven't while re- rereading this chapter i did not think of the glass now menagerie. I am. You're exactly but now right. i'm like oh my goodness i had a
0: menagerie for sure
1: that like pristine care mm-hmm. that is required to make sure everything stays very smooth too and
0: the delicate the delicate handling yeah. you have to dust them yes Well, now I'm thinking, because I was thinking of my two grandmas in this chapter, and now I realize where it comes from, why I had that menagerie. My grandma, Vicky, my mom's mom, I think she's since maybe dwindled it down. She had, she was obsessed with bears. Mm. Obsessed. And like every, like I had one cabinet with cats and things, her whole house just figurines of bears that I would... I, at her house, I would play with them. And sometimes I would break them. And then we'd have to, like, super glue. And then it would keep breaking. And it was the same thing of... She would have to dust them. And we would be like, how long does it take you to take care of these? But she loved doing it. She's since pared it down. But both my grandmas... they I remember my other grandma, Barbara, had, uh, like, roosters. She liked roosters. <laughs> we all love animals in my family. And we want little glass... Porcelain figurines of them, I guess. So I think it was passed down to me. That's so, I think so.
1: Same for me, too. I feel like there's something therapeutic about collecting, Mm -hmm. too. Um, And I think these collections are more manageable than getting giant things. Big ones, yeah. Right. You can maintain a collection of smaller things and have fun and how you display it. I mean, my Aunt Maureen, who we've shouted out before on the podcast, I often think about um, when I think about the Glass Menagerie, I feel like I see my Aunt Maureen, like a younger version of my Aunt Maureen, often when. I think about the character, Laura, um, and we're talking about, for listeners who are like, what are they talking about? We're talking about the play <laughs> by Tennessee Williams. It's a be- beautiful, brilliant play that has consistently been revived. There was just yeah, a recent revival with Sally Fields um, that I got to see that was beautiful. Um, mm. But it's it's around.
0: <laughs> it's going to be around. It's around yeah. forever. As a yeah,
1: b- pretty poignant themes that just keep... Um, mm-hmm. um, they they always will make sense. Yeah. But uh, yeah, my aunt Marie is a is a, a dollhouse curator.
0: Oh, so that's beautiful. I mean, if you come
1: to my place on Christmas Eve, you'll see this. It's really gorgeous, and she does a Christmas Eve tradition where she hides something very tiny in her dollhouse, and we all have to go on this scavenger hunt oh, with our no. eyes. And it is with like you eyes. can't touch oh. things, so it's just everything is. Your eyes are at work. I love that. It is prime eye candy.
0: Yeah, it is. All of this. is like little it, candies. You're right. They're yeah. tiny. They're shiny. Tiny, shiny.
1: I love <laughs> it. So did you ever wonder about why they were called China Dolls until this moment in your life? Because I will be honest, I never thought about it until... We read this chapter. hundred percent.
0: I know. When I was doing just my research, association. It's Just association. It's just... You just accept it. In our lexicon. I, I feel like growing up, I I, did, I never looked into it. I just kind of assumed China. I was like, well, maybe it's from China. But I didn't really, like, research I don't even that. think I did that. I don't even <laughs> think I... I honestly don't even think my association went that deep. I know. Because we'll get into it. But, like, China is kind of the more... Um, it's not like... Because it's really porcelain. Yes, but it's, it is. it has originated in China. Right. Yes. But, like, is the actual technical name porcelain? Is China just kind of like I a think that's casual... Kind of... Well, here's what Science I gathered art. from my
1: research, which I did a little bit of a deep dive. But it's hard to do, like a like I feel like I would need to devote hours to fully comprehending right. everything. Right. But from what I gather is this is this is the um, country's art form mm-hmm. that has been with them forever. That they're actually named the country is named after China, like the actual we can hold in our hand, China. They're named after the art as opposed to the serious? country named the art. Yeah. That's what I, didn't I gather, know that. um, because, yeah, I what? Okay, well, that's what I gather. I hope I'm correct in that. From what I watched, course. we will also tag in our uh, show notes. There's an amazing video that I was watching that goes into the whole artisanship of crafting China, which is quite exceptional. I could just tell you a few things of what I learned. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, so the reason it is called China is it's the first place to be importing it, and it was considered white gold by Europeans. That was the um, European name for China. Oh and it's considered still the greatest Chinese invention of all time. It takes 72 hands, like different pairs of hands, to make one China bowl. What? It's such a elongated process and refined process, and... Usually, why China is usually expensive is yeah. because some bowls will break. Like that's part of it. You're going to sacrifice right. some bowls in the making of one perfect bowl. Oh From when gosh. I, I'm just picking a bowl as like one version of how you can get something that's porcelain. Um, but I thought that was so cool. Like how many artisans are involved in one singular item world. that you can have, and it takes high skill. And usually, it's passed down through your family and the China. Will often represent um, imagery that is a symbol for family life and um, valuing family family life. So yeah, the this the skill has been passed down generation after generation after generation, and it's just such a refined process because sometimes the temp the temperatures have to be exactly right and how they do this process, which I I mean I don't have words for. I'm just in awe when I was watching. Um, some of it on youtube oh, like just enough this. but yeah that's um jingazhen is world. the porcelain capital of of the world and of china that was the original location of where china porcelain developed so i will attach a video if anyone is curious because it is yes. one of those things it's like oh yeah it, this is so we use china in so many different yeah. ways
0: and it's you're right like, and the history can just not be present. We don't really think about literally the connection to the country perhaps.
1: Well, also, I was mm-hmm. thinking so going to back to like porcelain delicate dolls and my childhood and growing up, I immediately had a flashback to a Shirley Temple movie called Poor Little Rich Girl. It's from 1936. Have you ever seen it? No. It's my favorite. Yeah. Um, of course, it's now, looking at it, definitely there's racial insensitivities um, mixed into this film, just to put that out there. Mm-hmm. But Poor Little Rich Girl has some of my favorite Shirley Temple music to ever exist. There's a song called You Gotta Eat Your Spinach Baby. Yeah. Beautiful songs. Also, Jack Haley is in this movie. <sighs> so, Shirley Temple has pretty much worked with everyone maybe except from... Ray Bolger and Judy Garland in the film. That's she crazy. She worked with Buddy Epson, even right. the original Tin Woodman. Didn't she she worked with, with Burt Lahr, Frank Morgan. Yeah, she oh my gosh. definitely she intersected. Oh yeah. yeah. So this song is um, it, at the very top of Poor Little Rich Girl. Um, Shirley is playing with her China dolls. And mm-hmm. there is one German doll. There is one Russian doll, one Japanese doll, and a black doll. And she has them all laid out, and she, like, has different interactions with them. This is where it's a little racially insensitive now. Mm-hmm. There is something I will say about it's a child, and there's an innocence in how she's playing with them. But definitely, especially the Japanese section, I was like, ooh! Mm. It reminded me of Lady and the Tramp and um, the Siamese cats. Just like, Oh. Right. That kind of feel, which is just yeah. not appropriate anymore. Yeah. Um, but she plays with these dolls. It has a kind of it's a small world feel too uh-huh. to it, that um, kind of outdated representation of different cultures. Mm. But I was thinking about how much I love that song growing up, and I also would ask my mom to have dolls that look differently.
0: Yeah. Because of that cool video.
1: And it's inter- it's interesting. And she I was also researching a little bit of Shirley Temple She was given so many dolls, so she actually had had a I huge collection of Japanese dolls, um, wow. all porcelain, and also Shirley Temple, as many of us know, was kind of um, there was a huge trend of purchasing Shirley Temple porcelain dolls. Right, she was huge in the doll world. Right, um, so there's a lot, doll, um, a lot of doll, a lot of doll connections with Shirley Temple. <laughs> yeah, but she used to get, I think I wrote down the number, a hundred and thirty five thousand gifts from fans internationally. Like, so, like a year. I think that is maybe in total. I don't know. <laughs> oh she gosh. got one hundred and thirty-five thousand, and most of it was dolls. That's a lot. So of she had stuff. an enormous collection, and it was all very international, very interesting. So there's a lot Where of. Where is
0: that collection now? You know, like, I'm sure auctioned
1: museum. upon. I'm sure in personal uh, collections, right, right. But so interesting. Wow. Um, I immediately thought of that in that song. It's the song is called um. "Oh My Goodness." That she sings to these dolls.
0: Wow. So
1: I feel like it's a really, there is something, of course, like I said, like outdated about it. Yeah. I wish it was a little less stereotypical and a little bit more racially sensitive. sensitive. But yeah. there is something so magical about a little kid just looking at these dolls and mm-hmm. playing with them and having different ways of interacting with them. It's a oh, very, magical. Yeah. it is very sweet. Kind of reminds me of this artwork that we're about to dive into with how yes. Dorothy is looking at the dainty China.
0: Almost looking into people. a cabinet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I
1: had, growing up, I had a few, I had that precious moment train that was usually on my bureau, and then I had a few dolls. I think one was an Anne of Green Gables doll oh, yes. that was porcelain Do you still have, have Yeah them? Yeah, I still oh have that.. Okay. And I did have some Shirley Temple ones. But I will say, I looked at them with a sadness, like I was mm. saying with the precious moments, like, I can't really play with you. Right, I can't really love I'm you. Break you. Yeah, or I yeah. could break you. They chip so easily too. It's not even like the breaking; it's just the denting. Even they, even the ones I do have, I still think have dents and stuff, and I don't even yeah. do anything
0: with them. And I feel like when you were given these dolls, this happened to me because I now I'm remembering I have like a Sister Act doll. That's it's like a nun that my aunt gave me. I'll say I I think wow. I put it on Facebook. I'll send you a photo. And I have an Oz doll. I have a couple of those very antique like special old dolls yeah, yeah. but when they were given to me it was like they're in the box it's and like the adults can them to me <laughs> it was like you have to treat these really carefully and yeah. they're not really meant to be played with so right off the bat it's different than if i was you know hmm. given a stuffed animal or something
1: i wonder if that teaches a admiration with children or like hmm. You have to, hand- yeah, handling.
0: yeah. You have to handle this differently. You it's almost like a real this. baby, you know, yeah. as if like, okay, this could break easily. Mm-hmm. You can't just throw this around. The, I
1: always, I also inherited some porcelain dolls mm-hmm. that were really scary, like no, the little clown-like. Kind of and I never liked
0: them. They're
1: kind I, of scary. I would kind of cringe walking by them, like they're <laughs> almost like haunting.
0: <laughs> I growing up, like that was one of those scary stories that my friends would tell at like random birthday parties and stuff. Was like this porcelain doll that lived in the closet that would come awake at night and like grab your eyes, like oh, yeah. scary stuff. So then I had this scary, like very are you? I was afraid traumatized of the, dark? of the dolls, and I would hide them in my closet. <laughs> so yeah, there is weird some, relationship. There is something
1: frozen and a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, Detached mm-hmm. and eerie. I think is a little the word eerie. I would yeah. Use. yeah, especially the ones who have solemn facial expressions. Right. It's like why? But also the ones that have happy ones too are also <laughs> scary. The plastered-on smiles are also scary.
0: Yeah, I think. I think because of the face. Yeah, it's like painted. It's not soft. It's the hard material. It's, it's cold. The texture. Cold, yeah. Even the temperature. Totally an icy touch. So you feel like you have to be a little detached from them, you know? Okay, so we're gonna enter a country. Full of this. Full of
1: this. (laughs) Untouchable, delicate, I can't wait. Fragile. (laughs) Fragile. (laughs) Fragile. So I am Tara. I'm MK. And you are listening to Down the Yellow Brick Pod, a look into (laughs) fragility
0: (gasps) (laughs) fragility edition
1: Welcome to Down the Yellow Brick Pod. We're so happy to have you here. This is chapter 20 of our deep, deep dive with the original L. Frank Baum text as a way to start our explorative, interrogative, investigative look into the world of Oz as we consider ourselves two Dorothys who are using this text to peel back curtains in our own lives. And this actually, this like whole image that we just feel very connected with with what Oz has been giving us is this permission to like reinvestigate our world um and peel back these curtains like um I just said this came from one of our listeners who's Mm. like this is what you do her name's Alyssa Alyssa. and we have to give proper credit because I don't know if we would be able to see that of what we've been doing since this podcast is so much yes we are rooted in Oz we are celebrating Oz we want to preserve The history going back, starting with the original book. But we're also very interested in the spiritual sacredness of mm-hmm. this book and how it resonates today and also seeing this as something we can um fall down rabbit holes with and investigate history I used to just say American history but now I'm like oh wow it's global the worldwide history, it's worldwide history, of history. Of the world. <laughs>
0: isn't that crazy it's, how it's so cool us to so much it's so cool so
1: we thank you uh, for being with us and it's just this is the magic of rabbit holes
0: <laughs> and thank you Alyssa for those thank kind, you, Alyssa. kind words and, Tara, we're in the final stretch. We only have five chapters left. Oh my God,
1: hit me with your bullet points because this ah! chapter is probably the most wild one.
0: We've been talking about doing this <sighs> for like since we started. Like, what are we going to talk about with that chapter? Because this, <sighs> to me, just right off the bat, is the weirdest one.
1: It's the weirdest one, and it's but, also the most 2020 resonant. I'm having these isn't really weird? fragile creatures. Um, in seclusion of sorts yeah. and being called out for their fragility um, and also, oh, there's so many themes in this it just this is so many crossings
0: podcast in uh-huh. itself so, alright, here we go, bullet point number one having been stopped in their path by a high wall made of white china mm. our friends pause <laughs> I know, right? Just stop there mm. our friends pause, perplexed by what this wall could be and even more so by what could lie on the other side. Mm. While the Tin Woodman searches for wood to create a ladder, which the Scarecrow then scales, looks over the wall, and proclaims, oh my, leading leading everyone else to do the exact same. The oh my section, I think, is my favorite.
1: (laughs) They're so good at comedic (laughs) timing.
0: (laughs) Bullet point number two. Upon seeing a queer country with a floor of shining white porcelain, fragile houses, animals, barns, and even porcelain people, none of them reaching higher than Dorothy's knees, our friends begin to traverse the land carefully, coming upon a cross milkmaid and her cow with a broken leg, a joker with mended cracks in his face, (laughs) and, (laughs) and a frightened princess who explains that if anyone in the China country is taken away from their land, they are rendered immobile and frozen, so they do not ever wish to leave. Wow. Bullet point number three. After an hour of carefully making their way through the country and causing the inhabitants of the land to quickly scurry away out of fear of being shattered, the group stands one by one upon the lion's back to scale another wall. But when the lion jumps last, his tail causes a church made of China to break into a thousand pieces, (gasps) causing Dorothy to marvel at how brittle the inhabitants of the dainty China country truly are, and how lucky it is that they didn't cause any more harm than they already did.
1: Oh, man. Em. I mean, (laughs) okay, we, I think, like, especially that is, like, can you submit that to a book publishing company and be like, I can do your book jackets? (laughs) That is wonderful. This is
0: fun to do. I, I feel like I That could, was stunning. I feel like I could write an essay about this chapter of like what which is what we're doing. I'm sure locally, they're out there. I didn't even think to look there's at There's gotta be so many. I think we've been sent a few. I gotta I gotta look at Send us more. Send, us more, yeah, send listeners. us
1: more. We will dive with them with there the crossroads. There's so many layers. There's so many layers. You also made me think, and mm-hmm. maybe we'll see this as we bring the book back up. Is the word fragile
0: even said? I don't think they use the word brittle. I don't think fragile, they use delicate. Dain- yeah. Or they use dainty. But we immediately
1: go to the word
0: fragile. We go to fragile, now. yeah. Wow. Which has maybe more of a negative connotation than dainty.
1: Yeah. And also the whiteness of the floor just really has a new shine to it.
0: Okay. Fragility. You ready? I'm so ready. You ready for these bullet points? Let's do it.
1: These fragile bullet points? Okay. Here we are. Bullet point number one. While diligently whistling while he works, doing DIY project number four... The Tin Woodman resourcefully assembles a ladder as Dorothy, Lion, and Toto rest, and the Scarecrow surveys the steepness as he is the first to climb the ladder when it's ready, the others following behind, and all shockingly staring down from the wall's top on a miniature country of pristine porcelain, as if the characters in The Twelve Days of Christmas from Piper's Piping to Maids of Milking had an unusual secret home in Oz. And a partridge in a pear tree. Number two. Oh my god. As they ascend on the delicate village, their entrance is quite the literal smash, spooking a cow whose milkmaid is on the defense when the cow's fragility is clear, his legs shattering with the milkmaid up in arms, presenting that our travelers are not welcome here and putting them on edge as they begin to mosey on through. (gasps) Bullet point number three. They meet on the remainder of their cautious passing, a young princess, dreadfully fearful of cracking, and a clown covered in cracks, living his best life. Dorothy, desiring to keep the princess, but the princess refusing a stiff life on a mantle, and our travelers feeling like imposing unwanted giants glad to finally reach the wall out as they climb the lion's back and end in a final smash of the lion's hind leg shattering a china church i don't think that last sentence was
0: a sentence this was (laughs) insanely amazing so many visuals. I, I loved the details. Say crack again. I'm <laughs> so girls.
1: Say crack again. <laughs> oh my god, so much crack This is great.
0: I loved, I loved this. Wow, y'all. Okay. These are just the bullet points.
1: These are just the bullet points, and now we're gonna look at these original WW <laughs> Denslow drawings.
0: Okay, getting into the illustrations of this chapter. On the chapter title page. We see, which I just want to point out throughout this chapter, the use of like the space and boxes and separating the page into different sections to kind of signify the wall is cool. Because right here we have like this box that sort of ends at the scarecrow's waist, kind of signifying the wall. So it almost looks yes. like we are on one side of the wall and he's on the other and he's looking at us. Yes. So he... We are the China country. We are the China country right now. Whoa, Interesting. Perspective. Mm-hmm. Um So he has this DIY ladder, which is super cute and rustic. I would want that. <laughs> made out of this wood that the Tin Woodman made. Though clumsy. Don't forget. Quite clumsy. <laughs> True. And so the scarecrow, this is right when he climbs the ladder to look into the dainty China country. He has his little cane in hand and he just, he looks quite, quite shocked. This is when he says, oh my. And so the word I wrote is oh my. Like, it's just, it's just that you see something and you don't even know what words to say. Just... There's so many, like, how do you even think he said, oh my, is it whispered? I was just going to ask you that. Is it a whisper, <laughs> it, whispered, oh my, or a oh shouted, oh my? Oh I, my, right, what is it?
1: I, I feel like it's a whispered because it, it does look so oh quiet, yeah. yes, and like he you disturb, don't want to disturb them,
0: yes. Don't That's what it with. looks like. He's not in shock, like, dramatic. They weren't expecting that. Theatrical, this. but mm-hmm. it's just like, what? Where are we? Mm-hmm.
1: I wrote Peeping (laughs) Tom.
0: Yep. It is a little creepy. Because, again,
1: this is not their land. This is not their property. They are spying on on another existence that there is a reason that they are secluded. Right. Though we can question those reasons, of course, as we move forward. But Mm -hmm. there is this um, intruder energy I'm already getting off the bat. But it is funny. I didn't think about that, and Him looking at us like interesting yeah that's taking that on And then as we move forward, we fall into the start of the text, which has this beautiful, bolded while to start the chapter Mm -hmm. that Dorothy is leaning forward on. Um, Her dress is looking like there's wind or air caught beneath it, giving it a little bit of a cupcake poof Mm -hmm. to it. And she's leaning onto her tiptoes, and her hand is wanting to come out to maybe possibly touch one of these dainty China creatures that are all over the page. We have yeah. up in the left corner an eerily enthusiastic <laughs> clown, jester oh, creature with a very tiny hat on, uh, resting on his bald, smooth head mm-hmm. and a very jarring <laughs> smile. Plumper, plumper figure, mm-hmm. um, big buttons, really kind of the Oz look. Yeah, Honestly, with like the this, hat.
0: Yeah. this is
1: the Oz look. It's not yeah. like that is true. There's been a lot of trends that we've seen in all different countries, and this frilliness, mm-hmm. especially, okay. mm-hmm, is present. And then the one that Dorothy is specifically reaching for, which is just upward of her, is this cow um, with the cow's owner. I mean, this milkmaid is dressed for the She's occasion.
0: Dressed to be a milkmaid,
1: she has on an extravagant hat with a lot of plumage. Yeah. Um, Just popping from (laughs) it. A lot of frilly ribbons again on her shoulders, an apron. Yeah, a corset with an apron. Mm -hmm. Um, Heels. Some little pumps, yes. I mean, when you milk cows, don't you wear your finest this is what I wear, so. And she has, it almost looks like a chicken leg, but it's not. It looks like she's eating a, a buffalo wild wing, but she's not. <laughs> she has one hand on a hip, and the hip is even, like, popped, popped a little bit, out. yes. And she is not okay. She's not having this. No, no. She has the leg of the cow in her hand, which we're going to find out later. What we said in our bullet points is that this cow leg gets broken because Dorothy startles them. Mm-hmm. And she's... Looking like she's accusing Dorothy of this wreckage that she has caused.
0: Scolding almost. Like yes.
1: Yes. Like a tiny little, a little uh, miniature lady scolding a giant who has mm-hmm. come into her mess. And then down at the bottom of the page, there is another um, male presenting, floofy, I, I, it just feels like the epitome of upper crust. Like, yeah. I don't really know how it's to like describe this. Very royal. Um, wearing high, uh, socks with ribbons, shoes, mm. shoes with bows, um, the, with like, a long out stick shirt. in his hand. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a really, sash. yeah, there's a sash. I'm not quite sure, except I would say this, this man, this bro got some bucks. <laughs> <laughs> He's dressed. So yeah, that's our initial, um, view of the creatures that live within this country from these very three distinct different figurines. Yeah. What was the word that you wrote down M for this?
0: So I wrote the word marveling as we kind of mentioned earlier yes. on. It's it's I feel like Dorothy I am Dorothy in this moment whenever I yes. see those little figurines and I want to touch them but I, there's the sign that says don't touch and so yes. like, don't touch. So you're just kind of marveling at them. Just you're not going to do anything with them. You're just looking. One little detail I love is at the bottom of these uh, at, at the bottom of their feet. There's these little lines that basically shows, like, the reflection of mm-hmm. the, the China floor. So it's super shiny, reflecting them back. I love that. One thing
1: that you just said is not mentioned in here, which is interesting. I wonder if they did mention it, is there is no do not touch sign. Right. So it's either an assumption that has to be made. There isn't, like, any kind of... Beware.
0: Yeah, this cautionary
1: is the fragile area. <laughs> there isn't, right. which is interesting.
0: Right, there's really not a lot of protection aside from this wall that they easily scale. They
1: easily scale. So yes,
0: um, what, what was your word?
1: Untouchable.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And then we get to see <gasps> the, the whole parade lights. of them. Go ahead, Em Describe this. Is this. A
0: wonderful moment. So <laughs> I love the the like the size differences because Dorothy takes up. Like, three-fourths of this page. We see the back of her with her beautiful dress, her braids. Toto's off to the right. He is bigger than these figurines, these people. Um, And so they are looking. We have Dorothy and Toto's perspective. We're looking into the dainty China country. And there's the white floor. There's a little house off in the distance. There's little trees. Um, And then we have basically, it looks like a shepherd And a shepherdess. Very flirty. They are flirting. (laughs) Very colorful, too. This is one of the most colorful illustrations in the whole book, would you say? Yeah. There's so much color. bright Yellows and greens Um, and reds. A clashing of different colors. Yes. Like, that
1: is often not the case in Oz. There's usually the one color per land. Yeah. But here that has been abandoned. There's a lot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We have a little sheep off in the distance or a lamb. I never know the difference. <laughs> I think that's a sheep. Okay. Then we have the princess with her yellow regal gown with like a cloak with this perhaps kind of collary. orangey plume. burnt cloak. Yeah. It's an interesting color. Yeah. All these colors. They're so bright and almost jarring, um, kind of clownish, which now we, there is a clown to her left. Uh, with his, you know, he's got like these funny pants. That <laughs> he's at showing his ankles. us. He's showing them. They have little pom poms on the ends. Scary eyebrow. <laughs> Scary, like angled eyebrows. Red nose. Red, red cheeks. Pointy yellow hat off to the side. There's a little dog as well, staring at Toto. <laughs> so cute. And one detail that's interesting about all of them is they appear to have. When you actually do have, like, a playset of something or figurines, you know, like, those army figurines in Toy mm-hmm. Story, how they have, like, the the bottom, Like, their feet are connected yes, yes. to kind of a plastic base. This is what So they don't move they with their have. feet. They waddle more. They more so mm-hmm. waddle. And so this actually really reminded me of Toy Story. Probably because of the shepherdess. Like, she reminds me of Bo Peep. Yes. Um, and just this... The word menagerie again of just this interesting community of creatures who are alive but that you wouldn't expect to be alive reminds me of Toy Story of all the toys coming alive and sort of just, you wouldn't expect it. So I wrote, I wrote play set because it really just feels Mm. like I would have this in my childhood toy chest and take it out and assemble them. Yes. It's like an antique toy set. Yeah. Um, I extend it
1: untouchable to this photo as mm-hmm. well. This reminds me of we have a little Christmas village for the holidays no. that we put underneath our tree. Yes. This reminds me of this. It almost feels like an ice skating pond I that was they're on. Exactly. Yes. It's so shiny. And I am glad you mentioned too that the fact that they don't walk, they waddle because they are on these tiny little platforms mm-hmm. that hold together their whole figure. I mean, I I can't say that I'm not i haven't been aware of their orange skin their orange painted skin it's right um very much our our former president's (laughs) skin color soon to be former soon to be former already former in my heart yeah Um,
0: (laughs) less than two months
1: um so that is pretty interesting too like their skin is an orangey color so it's interesting and I mean, Dorothy's is too. So I'm wondering if that's like the tint just of like the, the sun, shading, yeah. yeah. Or just I wonder what Dunslow was doing, playing with having an orange, yeah, um, tint to their skin. Right. Interesting.
0: Very interesting.
1: And then moving forward, we still get more of the... Oh, see, this is different. Now their platform is gone. I know.
0: It's not super consistent. Not
1: consistent. But we get on um, the next illustrated page. We see the Mr. Joker, as we soon we will learn his name, the clown, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> standing on his head. And this reminds me of the tre- Cheshire Cat from yes. Alice Wonderland. I wrote down... Um, Can you stand on your head? Yeah, right,
0: exactly.
1: (laughs) I think that's one of my favorite moments from the Disney animated Alice in Wonderland. His hat is off. He has his feet. He's fully, like, in a yogi's headstand. It's wonderful. Very bizarre. Um, Yes. And then there's also a little... um,
0: Is that a piper? Like a trumpeter?
1: It's a very skinny instrument that this... um, Pied piper? This figurine is... (laughs) Playing, Um, I also want to note, like, witch hat is kind of the in-hat here as well. (laughs)
0: That's the trend.
1: Yeah, which it's probably not a witch hat to them. You know, like, that's just a normal hat. Pointy hat. Also, very much that Dutch boy chop to the hair. The
0: bowl cut. Yep. <laughs> <Again>. Straight across.
1: <laughs> yep. Um, also some frilliness and polka dots and Bones. high socks again. Yeah. Like, so themes are your socks are high if you live in the dainty China yeah, country. Those. You have tons of frills. Pointy hat. You don't need to be form fitting unless you want to be. <laughs> um, you have a really um, elaborate collar. Mm-hmm. And you wear a witch hat, just a little bit cool. crooked to a side. So we
0: would have to have this ensemble. And you play an like instrument.
1: Visit. Yes. Okay. So then our travelers, oh, our next illustration is like we gotta get
0: the heck this out of here. I love. So as I mentioned, the playing with the levels and the perspective, this is great because there's only a little bit of text. There's like a paragraph and a half on this page. Then we have a line at the top signifying the top of the wall, and Dorothy and Toto are on top of the wall making sure her friends are making their way over. The Tin Woodman is precariously balanced on the Scarecrow's hands and the Scarecrow is balanced on the lion's back. The Scarecrow's hat is falling off. The Scarecrow is also trying to hold his cane in the crook of his armpit. Uh, And then the lion is on top of this really shiny white china floor. And my favorite detail is the lion's expression. What is going on in his mind? He is smiling, smiling, smiling. His eyebrows are arched high. He's sort of squinting off in the distance as if he has like a plan cooking. Or maybe he's just satisfied that he's helping. I'm not sure exactly what's going through his mind, but it definitely caught my eye. Everyone else looks really concerned. And the word I wrote is precarious because this is just crazy. This balancing act. Uh, and the tin against the china, like, I can hear the screeching, scraping noises in my ears. But then the line's just like, I'm chill. Just smiling off in the distance. <laughs> Maybe he's
1: trying to just keep, like, a... Calm present. I could see that. For because we will know that all the um, dainty China people scamper away whenever they pass. By so maybe he's been keeping up this I'm not a scary lion. Me. And
0: we're leaving, so yes,
1: we're leaving, we're good. Yeah. It's a very much like a <laughs> smile. Fine. Yeah, we're good, we're good, we're leaving. We're because so sorry. She is
0: a bull in a China shop right now. You know, he's the lion. Yes. In the China shop.
1: So, yes. Yeah. I had written down, um, mistake for this because. <laughs> This whole this passing did not feel comfortable for them. No. Um, they didn't mean harm, like you said, but, of course, they did cause harm, which you could tell in Dorothy's face, too, especially. Yeah. She's like, please, let's just get out yes, of here. Yeah, yeah. this um, is embarrassing. This is embarrassing. I don't want to think about this anymore. Um, I want an to erase this from my memory. Yeah, we can go into a whole uh, psych of what Dorothy might be thinking.
0: It's like if you have you ever broken something in a shop and you're like, oh, God.
1: Oh, have I ever broken it?
0: You Maybe know, as a kid. As a kid. Or, or I've knocked definitely something knocked over, something over. And you're like, I just want to get out of here as soon as possible. And the shop owner was super sweet. But you're just you're you're embarrassed, embarrassed. And yeah. you feel like you disrespected what they their possession.
1: It's totally accidental, <laughs> mm-hmm. everything in this chapter. Um, but it. I think what this chapter is going to signify is how we often run from our accidents. Rather than... <sighs> stay and clean up the spill and clean up because I think we have to embrace a lot of uncomfortable sensations with ourselves like I'm even thinking of when I have hit over something like something as minuscule as just hitting something over in front of people and feeling embarrassed Mm -hmm. when you're on your hands and knees putting it back up there is this like Redness, like I become a lobster, I think, because you feel on display in a way that you don't want to be on display. You made a
0: physical mistake. Yes. You know, and that's as humans, like, you
1: weren't spatially aware, whatever it might have been, just something that makes you feel that, like, tinge of vulnerability and shame. Yeah. Yeah, so the, and even like how they're escaping or getting out of here <laughs> is so clumsily. Right.
0: It's not what really super well thought out.
1: Like I hear the circus like, da, 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 da. exactly. Like it's, that's very present. But yeah. Interesting. Oh gosh, and that's so the right. last image we're left with. That's the last one. As we've been talking about, like there is some sort of thrill you get staring at smaller miniature creations yeah. that are so detailed yes. and so able to sit in the palm of your hand mm-hmm. that there is like this whole fantasy explosion that can happen in yeah. your brain, like your imagination. It, is, it does feel like almost like imagination food in yes. a way because you can't be hands-on Yeah, with it. You just have
0: to exist in your brain.
1: Yes. Yeah. Of, of creating stories, whatever it might
0: be. I always am, I rem- I'm reminded of Walt Disney's love of miniature things. Yeah, he was like obsessed. There's that whole story. We, we always talk about the storybook canal boats. Oh, I love them. There's the whole miniature castles. He had like miniature trains that he would build. I'm always, and in a lot of like Disney documentaries, I've watched all the miniature figurines that they would create after they animated a character or before as a model. I'm always, I'm always, I always think of, of Disney.
1: Well, it does. It brings something down that is so massive to into something smaller, yeah, condensed and study more. palatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that just is an interesting thought as we're going to dive into their brains of what they might be thinking. So let's start at this top of the chapter. So, Em, I want to know what struck you or stood out to you in this beginning before they get to the, oh, my, oh, my, oh, my, oh, my. <laughs> and then, woof.
0: I know, that's the best moment
1: before they get to that what were some of the things that you explored or marinated on?
0: yeah, I mean it's an interesting exchange of when the Scarecrow is watching the Woodman build the ladder and the Scarecrow says (laughs) I cannot think why this wall is here nor what it is made of and the Woodman says rest your brains don't worry, when we have climbed over it we shall know what is on the other side that was a two-hour deep dive for me, <laughs> that
1: line alone. So keep going.
0: What? I want to hear all about that. Because there's this sort of element of control and entitlement. Mm-hmm. Of, there's a wall here. It's in our way. Kind of with the trees from last chapter. Yep. Of, I don't care that it's in our way or that I have no idea what's on the other side. But we're going to find out. I guess you could see it as, like, a determined, positive trait. I saw it more so as an entitled kind of... I I guess there must be no other way around it, perhaps?
1: Well, I'm also a little shocked of Scarecrow. Of, I cannot think why there is a wall here.
0: I'm like... Right, maybe some common sense. That's
1: something we can also (laughs) ask ourselves. Why are walls usually placed? Mm -hmm. I think immediately is, these people do not want to be bothered. Or whatever is behind the wall. I shouldn't even assume it's people. right. Um, either don't want to be bothered. Maybe they're an endangered species who need the protection of the wall. Yeah. Um, Maybe they've been harmed before, and this is a way to prevent that. It's a prevention in place. Maybe, as
0: you mentioned with the trees last time, it's a protection for, like, other people. Yes. To, if you, if you, if this could have gone another way. Yeah. There could have been danger behind this wall. Yes. It's
1: for them for their safety. Right. So that is interesting to me. All right. So, I mean, can I tell you <laughs> tell with, me this, with this um, oh, one gosh. sentence what of happened? I cannot think why this wall is here? Well, I was like, what do I feel that with? And then I immediately mm-hmm. heard chanting from a time past of build that wall, build that yeah. wall yeah. that used to literally haunt my dreams. Gosh, um, yeah. In the last presidential election of 2016, that was a prime um, platform Mm -hmm. that our current but soon-to-be former President Mm -hmm. Trump was running on, Mm -hmm. um, which I consider to be a vanity project that is transparently racist Mm -hmm. in its approach. And I wanted to actually investigate where the wall is at and bring the how our wall and this is the wall at the Mexican border, Mm -hmm. um, to, it was, it was so, it just felt so aggressive and how it was presented as keeping people out. Mm -hmm. Um, and most of the time, this doesn't consider refugees. This does not consider, um, this just places people into a criminal. Like we're trying to protect from criminal or illness or dirtiness. It puts all this really, um, unsettling stereotypes and racist ideologies on a group of people like we should stay separate when I don't know if that's the case and also we, we I won't even get into it but just what this right. border the harm this border has caused in our current um, reality of children not knowing even where yeah. where their parents are. There oh is gosh. so much there. But, okay, so this wall was a key promise, right? Right. So let's check in on where it's at, because this was something that Trump said he was going to do, right? right? It was going to be impenetrable. Yeah. And that's not the case. It is not impenetrable. They've really struggled with building this wall. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: out of... So basically, I didn't really understand this until I researched more. There's only been five miles of new wall built. Really, most of the wall that has been built, which is 275 miles in total, was already there. Was already existing barriers, but this is right. more of beyond a barrier moving to a wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and Trump did this whole thing where he had different prototypes of the walls made to like look at different prototypes and see which one would be the strongest. All of them had vulnerabilities of some way. Right. All of them breached something in in, in terms of technical um, protection. All of them did. Yeah. So this like thing that started, John Oliver called it like a a, a wall pageant. <laughs> Like you know, because Trump is walls like so on display. yeah, so Miss America pageant um, world, but he had a bunch of different walls, and that like's where it started, and that already started with problems. There was problems right. with all the different kinds of wall um, prototypes that were put in place. So the walls that are up now are very. I mean, they're also hideous to look at. Yeah, they're not cute. They're not cute. Not and that I would
0: expect them to be, but they're easily they're scalable and
1: easily scalable. Yeah. It's been proven that. Um, People have used inexpensive tools to break through these walls already, shimmy down them like fire poles. That has been proven. So they're actually not impenetrable. Right. And Trump has even said that now, which is, that's a whole other thing. They have suffered weather damage already. They've Mm -hmm. also struggled with erosion. Um, And, yeah, it's just, he justified this too, like the spending of this, which y'all, like, It's over billions of dollars have gone into this. Of taxpayer money. Per mile. Yes, it's over $2.5 That was the budget, I think, that was granted, but it surpassed that. And it was justified by declaring a national emergency. Um, And what was supposed to get construction and worked on at the time was a middle school that was, like, suffering um, in infrastructure. As well as something, I think, with a a military base of daycare that was also suffering infrastructure. And those got tossed. Like, children's shelters for education and um, with a military base got completely tossed to be declared a national emergency, which this isn't a national emergency, but it got declared a national emergency mm-hmm. because here's the thing. Most people, what, what the wall is supposedly for is for drug is drugs coming into our country. Most drugs come into our country through cars mm-hmm. at the border. That's how it happens. They yeah. are able to kind of skirt through. It's yeah. not people climbing the wall with them. Like. Yeah. that's still like okay so there's that um also fell into a little bit of a deep dive with we build the wall campaign which was a um campaign that steve bannon who was a former trump um campaign Mm aide, um which they have they have cut ties um i think in like 2018 they cut ties um he was behind and also was charged with um charge for profiting off of raising money for this fund for the border wall um for him like using the money for himself so he oh wow yeah he had a charge come on him um this was supposed to be for where they were building the wall on private lands so there was like embezzlement with this project so that's oh another CD I know another
0: seedy part of this whole project um even interesting financially didn't back in the day he said like Mexico would pay for this wall. Oh yeah, they're not paying for it. And it ended up, of course, that did not happen. A hundred percent. Which it shouldn't. (laughs) What
1: I didn't know, and this is where I kind of had spent most of my deep dive, is the question of just, like, when we design walls, or what I didn't ask myself, is when we design walls to divide people, what happens to the natural world around them? Mm -hmm. It doesn't take that into account. So... Um, I watched something. We'll put this in the show notes from Vox News that answers that question. Um, So they talk about when we talk about the consequences of the proposed wall at the border of the U.S. and Mexico, we usually think in terms of people. Right. But along the political divide are rich pockets of biodiversity with dwindling populations of species like the ocelot is one of those species that rely on the ability to move back and forth across the border. So they need, they need to be able to travel the border. And I'll talk a little bit more about why. Um, but under the 2005 real ideac, this is where it, this gets really upsetting. Uh-huh. The Department of Homeland Security doesn't have to comply with the various environmental laws. They can just kind of overrule them that might otherwise slow or halt construction in a sensitive area. Laws like the Endangered Species Act, the Clean Water Act, the National Environmental Policy Act or the Migratory Bird Treaty Act. None of these apply to border wall construction. And also, what's even worse than that, it also doesn't respect indigenous culture who has rights to these lands as well. Um, they are also at risk and very vulnerable in these situations. Yeah. So several parcels of land, including the National Butterfly Center, a state park, and other areas in the federal wildlife refuge system are still threatened by wall construction. This is an ongoing threat. It would still be years before construction starts in some of these areas. Now, I think this video may have been a year or two old, um, but there's still a lot we don't know about the full um, impact of barriers on biodiversity. And there's really no... No um, campaigns researching that. But I also am curious of what's going to happen to the wall now that it's being mm-hmm. inherited by another um, another president. But I also am just like, okay, we go back to what the scarecrow said, which is this, I cannot think why this wall is here. Well, if we would say that for this wall that we have at the border, I would say it's our president's ego on full display. Um, of having a monument for his presidency and making us stare at something that is so dominating and so so non-inclusive and so a part of an old America that I think we can, I really think we can move away from of healing our country, needing to be this dominant
0: world player as opposed to a we help other countries. Right. It is such a visual representation of Separation of isolation of keeping people away. It's it's a very machismo. Yeah, I think like a patriarchal visual. I mean, even what the border um, wall
1: looks like, it yeah. is so sterile. It's and scary. It's, it
0: yeah, it's gross. It's, yeah, it doesn't give me good vibes. No, not at
1: all, not mine either. Especially when like on so this this um we build a wall campaign, they had you were you can buy bricks that what? the this this company um, you could buy bricks you could buy um, I guess like get your name engraved to in contribute the wall to to this oh, project wow. like the bricks are a hundred dollars I think the wall is five thousand dollars and people put like MAGA forever like that's in this wall it's just like uh just okay, more wow. divisiveness more contributing to divisiveness but just back to mm. the land itself so in this Vox News piece that they did, they were specifically centering in on this thirteen thousand miles of unfenced um, land that I believe is near the Rio Grande. Um, so this is in Texas, um, and what they talk about in that video is how if they if the wall does get made there, there are some animals at, if it if it floods, they're trapped. If they need to flee from a flooding, oh my
0: gosh, they, no. yeah, they're in
1: like a no, an inaccessible no man's land. Um, so they won't be able to move safely. They won't be able to get to get themselves to, you know, a, a new so habitat. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So these are the things that are just kind of being completely disregarded. And you I think you wouldn't
0: even think of those. You so. wouldn't even
1: think of these things, but this is like we keep interfering with nature. We're also nearing we're also interfering with the best caretakers of nature, which is indigenous culture who know how to communicate with the land, also interfering with them. I listened to a congress hearing where um people who were affected near the Rio Grande who had claims to indigenous land said that this would be similar to like if the government said to build a wall in Arlington National Cemetery, and like that land would no longer be sacred, and we would not be honoring um, the fact that ancestors are in that land, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. But again, done with such disregard because it's not the mainstream white culture of our of our country. I'm really grateful for this chapter for revisiting my own. Um, knowledge of what is happening at the border, which is still there's a lot of unknowns because it's not been a completed project. Right. Um, and we it, don't
0: really know what's happening. once no, Biden takes.
1: I don't know. Okay. I don't know where yeah. it's at. Also, all I know is Trump is not working right now. He's golfing and ignoring the fact that our COVID numbers are yeah.
0: skyrocketing. So. No, thank you for uh, bringing this research because I really I I looked into it this morning and really what I was looking at were the photos because I hadn't looked up photos. Yeah. And it was just really, it hurt my heart a lot. And I feel like you hear the phrase wall or build a wall and mm-hmm. you don't think about all of these other impacts that it will have on the land or the people or the animals or long-term or the ecosystem. Like we Mexican so, Americans, Mexican yeah. Americans. First of all, you know, so I'm really grateful you brought that to light, and I have so much more research to do with it as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, walls are so interesting. I was also thinking of the Great Wall of China. Of course, that obviously was built to protect from other people yep. invading, and it still stands to this day. Yep. Um, I'm also reminded of uh, Hades Town, written by Aeneas Mitchell. Um, which she wrote this song called Why We Build the Wall before even the possibility of Trump being president. Wow. She wrote it like back in the 2000s or something. Hades Town was the last musical oh, to win the, the Tony, Tony Award. And literally Hades sings this song. Why do we build Ugh. the wall? We build the wall to keep us free. That's why we build the wall. Like, And all of everyone who lives in, in Hades town, like is kind of echoing him very like monotonously mo- monotonely um we'll attach a video because i think i know there's videos of it maybe not on broadway but they also did a tiny desk concert through npr wow. where they sang that song and she she talks about it a lot of like i wrote it before this even happened and was a part of his platform but how interesting
1: to make that connection. Well, I could see the Dainty China Country people singing that song because we'll find out this is their freedom. They would not, they would be people's playthings if they didn't have this land. Right. Which that's a whole other, um, like, eye-opening, oh, wow, yeah. Um, moment in this chapter. No, that line is so resonant right yeah. now that I'm sure, and I, I'm sure, you know, Bomb could never predict what this would resonate with in the future, no but way. walls are but still does. a very much part of how we claim land. Yeah, how we stake our territory. They're a metaphor and a symbol of our internal walls, our political walls, also keeping others out. Greatness, like that yeah. word, that is so I think tinged with the red side of politics right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's all very interesting. Wow, I'm um, so. I'm so glad Insane. we we talked about that. The only other thing that I took a moment's pause on was the construction of the ladder, <laughs> what, it look, what it looked like when it was completed. Like, they say it was clumsy. It was clumsy. Not his best work. But the Tin Woodman was sure it was strong and would answer their purpose, which also feels like a little bit of a foreshadow into this world they're entering in, is these figurines can look clumsy, but we're sure they're strong, like that assumption. True, that
0: parallel. Yeah.
1: yeah. If, if, if it'll work, it'll
0: be fine. Yes. will hold up. Yes. But it might not.
1: Yes, there's, yes, yes, yes. Um, and also it made me think instantly of Home Alone 2, <laughs> Lost in New York. Our
0: constant reference.
1: Harry and Marv build a disproportionate tower of boxes and like other hijinks that they find um in the basement of the new york city brownstone Mm -hmm. that kevin completely transforms and they just make it up and then the whole thing comes crashing down but yeah just the whole this whole chapter starts in unstableness oh my gosh you know yeah unstable tiptoe energy this
0: feels like thrown together type thing Hey friends, as you know, we could go on for many, many, many more hours each episode with everything we want to talk about and share. This is actually us holding ourselves back, if you can believe it. But stay tuned for part two of chapter 20, The Dainty China Country, coming on Friday of this week. Thank you so much for listening.
1: If you want to continue to get your eyes on, head on over to our Technicolor scrapbook on Instagram at down the yellow
0: brick pod. You can also email us any comments, ideas, or questions at down at gmail.com. If you'd like
1: to leave us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, we'd be over the rainbow
0: with gratitude. If you do, you'll be entered into a very special raffle at the end of the season to win a personalized Oz surprise as a token of our appreciation. Stay tuned for our Patreon coming soon this fall. Thank you for joining us, and we can't wait for our brick roads to cross again here on Down the Yellow Brick Pod.